Hey, it's Nick Walters again with the Industrial Hemp Growers Digest podcast brought to you by the National um, Hemp Growers Cooperative. We are tickled slap to death to have yet another awesome, great guest. So far, we have not disappointed uh, in the quality of the guests that we've had or the people who are really making a difference in the hemp industry. And once again, uh, uh, we are, are glad to offer somebody who's got great insight. Jennifer Martin is here with Hempstone, and she is uh, uh, all about great building products and great things, particularly hempcrete. So we're going to learn more than we ever wanted to know before before we all get done. Jennifer, hello, and thank you again for joining us. Oh, Nick, it's so great to be here. I've been looking forward to connecting with you. You have been um, moving and shaking in the hemp world and have uh, entered our hemp building association and are lighting a fire. And I'm just so thrilled for all your energy and your excitement and your, the network of people that you have behind you. And we would love to help connect your um, farmers and processors with the an, an awesome opportunity for an end product that has the power to really scale and make a significant difference in our built environment. Well, hot dang. You know, we've got a guy that here in Mississippi that used to be our um, our commissioner of agriculture, and he used to say, if you ever see a turtle sitting on top of a fence post, you know he didn't get up there by himself, right? <laughs> so um, uh, I would say the same thing. We are up on the post because of folks like you, Jennifer, that have really stepped up early on, helped people understand, been the tip of the spear, got it on people's radar screen. Hey, we got, not only do we need to do something because of all the stuff in the carbon footprint world, but also here's just a real practical thing that can be good for everybody, particularly as it relates to hempcrete. So uh, tell us a little bit um, about kind of your background. We'd love to know that. And we would also love to know your hemp aha moment. At what point in time did you go, man, this stuff is terrific. Okay, so I came to Hempcrete three years ago, um, and which is relatively late to the game. It was about a year after the 2018 Farm Bill was passed, and mm -hmm. I was introduced to it as a new natural building material. And I have to say, Nick, I have had the luxury and the privilege of only working with local, renewable abundant building materials all of my professional life. I'm a oh. sustainable architecture design builder. I've been doing construction for over 20 years and my palette of materials has been wood, straw, cattails, clay, sand, anything that I can find in the ground or growing from the ground within about 10 miles of my building site. So because of that, hempcrete and hemp was not a predominant, was not on my radar until sure. after it became legal. So what I love about hempcrete personally is pretty different than what I love about it professionally. I'll start with personally. So my favorite building medium is lime plaster. It is a finish that can that provides a erosion proof 
uh, outside or interior finish. It's beautiful. It can be stained to almost any color, um, pigmented with natural pigments. It's robust. It goes on like any sort of wet material, but it hardens to a limestone. It is durable and it has been used for millennium. And the reason that I'm so attracted to hempcrete is it is the perfect substrate for this lime plaster that I'm such a fan of. Professionally, the reason that I'm so excited about hempcrete is that unlike some of the other natural building materials like straw bale, for example, that might be uh, one of the natural building materials that you're um, listeners are most familiar with. They come in sort of square units, rectangular units that are triple tied or, or double tied, and they simply get stacked like large bricks. The challenge with them is that they already have their unit size um, and they are not necessarily as scalable as hempcrete. What makes hempcrete so special is that it is formed or placed in forms and is sculptural. It can be made to fit any shape. And I imagine before too long, we're not there yet, but before too long, we're gonna be able to make 3D printed buildings out of hempcrete. So there is a lot of potential. There's actually four different ways to install hempcrete. You can pack it into forms, like I mentioned. You can spray it against a permanent formwork. Uh, you can form it into blocks and pre-dry them and then use them in the same way that a mason would build with concrete masonry units. Or you can make panels such that, and they can be made of any size such that you can bring wall sections or complete wall units to a building site and erect a, an exterior wall system in exactly one day. So there's I a like lot SIPs of SIPS panels, right? They used to call those things, didn't they do that a good bit called SIPS panels like that? Yeah. And then, so it's kind of like if you got out your, your, your Legos and started to think about how you were going to build something, you're clicking the pieces together. Not that easily, right? But I mean, it's still nonetheless, you can well, order a house online, right? And you could say, I want the whole kit to show up. And when the kit shows up, those panels could already be there and they could already be filled with hempcrete in the middle and other great building materials and be able to kind of be assembled. Exactly. Yeah, that is really the potential. And we have an aging building stock in the United States that is desperate for high performance natural materials, carbon storing materials to create insulative, um, comfortable buildings going forward. I was at a conference back in 2013, and this was my aha moment with really moving things forward. It was 2013, and the Department of um, of the Interior was the keynote speaker at the conference. And you he mean the said U.S. That, Department? You mean the U.S. Yes, Department of Interior? the okay. U.S. Department of Interior. And he said that by the 2030, 70% of our building stock would either need to be demolished and rebuilt or completely renovated. Wow. Now, I don't know about you, but renovation work is not the most sexy thing. 
Uh, it's hard work. It's dirty. It's messy. It's usually in tight corners and it's not really designed to be rebuilt. Hempcrete offers these buildings an opportunity. Once you take it down to the frame, which is how most of these buildings need to be uh, evaluated and re remediated, you can install hempcrete relatively easy to create a high performing wall that once coupled with something like a lime plaster creates an airtight, comfortable, passively regulating envelope. And what I mean by passively regulating is that Hempcrete is somewhat different than what I would call simple building materials like blown cellulose or fiberglass or even mineral wool. Those are lightweight insulations. Their job is specifically only to help um, limit the amount of heat transference from point A to point B. Hempcrete has two functions. It works in that way thanks to the hemp but because of the addition of the lime in hempcrete, it also has thermal mass. So this building assembly, this wall system is literally absorbing heat and then radiating that same heat back out into the internal space. Now that same concept of absorption of heat and release of heat is the exact same principle that happens with moisture uh, as well. So we know that when we're in a building and we're cooking or we're playing with our pets or we're exercising, we're creating a lot of extra moisture. Even just breathing at night, we're creating a lot of moisture in our environment because we're breathing out moist air. The walls will absorb that moisture and then either release it to the other side if the other side of the wall has less moisture density Mm. or it will uh, maintain that higher level of absorption and then release it slowly over time. So what that means is that you have a consistent temperature and humidity level inside your house passively without any additional mechanical systems. Ah, okay. So if you've got uh, a, a teenager who loves to get in the shower for two hours, okay, uh, and and um, um, you've got um, you know a household full of humans, there's just going to be moisture produced just organically, right? Or or it's All just going to happen that way. I mean, so it's not like you've got twenty five humidifiers running at the same time. It's not a matter of that. It's just that's what's going on inside your home continually and so that moisture has got to go somewhere it's got to do something exactly right it's not going so, to just hang out so historically what happened is there was no building insulation and so that moisture could really move from one side of the envelope to the other and there was no problem we didn't start seeing issues until we started insulating the houses and then when we started putting vapor barriers in the envelopes and vapor barriers examples of vapor barriers would be um wood 
like plywood sheathing that's been taped or if it's just got tight butt seams, that's a good example of a moisture barrier. Some of the plastic films, if we just have a six inch plastic film, that's obviously a moisture barrier. There are certain assemblies and there are certain code requirements around, around vapor barriers that mm. have popped up in our building codes. And what we've seen, and I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of your listeners, especially in the Southeast, have noticed black mold or orange sure. mold, different colors of mold. And basically that's a buildup of mold in your house. And that can cause lots of health problems. Um, and as we shift towards building codes that tighten up the building, not literally tighten the building as in squeezing it, but that um, create less air infiltration in our assemblies, we're noticing that these problems are exacerbated. They're not being addressed through natural um, infiltration in the wall system. So there's a couple ways to deal with that. The, the, the most obvious and uh, immediate result is to throw energy at it. So we put in big system, big energy systems, we put in dehumidification systems, and that um, addresses the problem. The other uh, the, the consequence of that is that our energy costs have gone up significantly, which is why the building industry spends so much time talking about operational carbon and how to make those um, mechanical systems as efficient as possible. And I have to give us a lot of credit in the building industry. We've done a great job with that. Um, and we're continuing to push the envelope on how energy efficient we can be. But that's only part of the solution. And if we can be working with building materials that naturally support that without any additional energy, we've got a good thing going. That's terrific. Hey, so a <clears throat> couple of pieces and parts is, you know, you, you look, Jennifer, talking to you is like drinking water from a fire hydrant. OK, you're throwing so much at me right now. I'm just trying to get a sip. It's all good, but it's all awesome stuff. So who gets to decide what hempcrete is? And that yes, this is hempcrete. This is not. You know, we were just talking earlier that <clears throat> we all just so many of us just got back from Colorado for, for the NOCO show, right? Mm -hmm. And so there were people that had examples of hempcrete out on their tables and said, oh, here's some hempcrete I'm making. Who, who's the decider on all of that? Who, who really is able to say that is hempcrete, that is not hempcrete? Well, is that such I'll, a give you a, yeah, I'll give you a really simple answer. Cool. Uh, so hempcrete is simply three things. It is hemp herd, not the fiber, but the woody core. It is a lime-based binder that can be anywhere from 30% lime to 70% lime. And then there's other minerals either naturally or added to create a, um, a hydraulic set in that lime. But let's just be simple and call it a lime-based binder okay. and water. So here's what hempcrete is not. Mm. Hempcrete is not hemp chunks mixed with Portland cement. Hempcrete is not hemp chunks, chunks mixed with concrete. The, the difference between a Portland, ba a Portland cement based binder and a lime based binder 
is an important distinction because hempcrete is not typically applied below grade in a structural setting. It is specifically designed as a walling and insulation mass to be installed anywhere above grade to help create a high performing, natural, safe, non-toxic, healthy environment. Perfect. And so, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, no, no. No, no, no. Um, so very simple, hemp, lime, water. Those three things are mixed either on site or in a, um, in a factory and they are placed or sprayed or poured into some sort of form that gives them their shape. Those that then those forms are removed, and that is hempcrete. How about that? So if you start adding something different, then it's not hempcrete. If you Correct. start adding something different that, or or you do it in some kind of a way other than those three component pieces, then so this is a segue into kind of what the ICC is. So let's talk about that with you and I both with our kind of regional U.S. Hemp Building Association hats on and uh, you with, with a kajillion times more experience than I. But um, so, so when those codes have come out to be able to approve hempcrete slash hemp lime as a... Um, uh, used in construction like we've just talked about is somebody making the decision and making the call that yes that is certified based off of this code because you have not <clears throat> added something to the mix of of other than those three ingredients does that make so, any sense or did yeah, that, totally. it so thing? it does we submitted the u.s hemp building association submitted a um appendix to the international code commission and it was reviewed in rochester new york this past week for inclusion in the international residential code and it was um approved seven to two we're very excited it's a it's a majority so yes. uh it was added and that is our first big hurdle that means that in the next building site in the next iteration of the building code it will be included that has profound effects that we can talk about in a moment mm -hmm. but for now when we're talking about the specifics of the submission there is a it, it, the the title of the submission is hempcrete in parentheses and hemp lime as its main name and it does detail out that it is hemp herd a lime based binder and water there are lots of different natural building materials that you can build with experimentally and this one these three combinations together are now accepted in our building code soon to be that's awesome because now you Very just kind of take that whole thing off the table if you're getting pushback from contractors or builders. I mean, it, it, it part of the reason to do this was well, part of it was just super obvious, right? Because but for doing this, <clears throat> we're just inviting trouble and building more mountains for us to have to climb over. But um uh if the marketplace says the things, hey, just like you're saying, I want something that's sustainable builder material. I want to know that, you know, that um, 
because I want that for my own home or for my building or maybe even just on a practical piece. Just, hey, this stuff's a lot easier and does a lot better job, you know, than other material, synthetic or otherwise. That may be the <clears throat> that may be where the market is saying we want that. But in the middle, then, are these code folks who are just saying, look, I'm just kind of following the law here. Um, you just are taking all of that off the table. Uh, uh, and so that's just a huge hurdle to get over. That was kind of a statement question at the same time. <laughs> I was well, preaching and, and, and asking at the same time. <clears throat> well, you know, I, I have to give a lot of credit to our building inspectors. Their job is life safety. Yeah. Um, they, they are responsible for making sure that our buildings stand up and that they don't hurt people. Uh, and at the end of the day, the towns that they are employed by have a, have a duty. And so when without hempcrete or other new materials being added to the building code and being reviewed by a larger body, um, which is an international body that is supported at every level from, from town all the way up to state, uh, then those code officials have a lot of responsibility for their yeah. jurisdiction. And they are understandably cautious. Uh, and so without a code review process, like the, without the full weight of the ICC behind um, a, a submission and evaluating it, a code inspector has to rely on the information that is provided to them the the their their best understanding and the best interest of the town or municipality that they're working within. Um, and so we've had lots of conversations. I operate a, a company called Hempstone. We are based out of Massachusetts. And we speak with clients and building officials all over the country that are trying to better understand this material. Not only the benefits of it, like that's, that's all well and good, but really how is this building material going to function and what is the impact of this building material on the foundation, on seismic, on other, you know, on loads, it there, there are some real questions or have been some real understandable questions because at the end of the day, life safety is most important. Yeah. So and, what's, and, oh, go ahead. What's exciting to me about the fact that we are going to be in the code is that we've been able to take knowledge from around the world. I mean, hempcrete has been built for 30 years in France and 20 something years uh, in, the, in the UK. And we have some really big examples. There is a brewery distribution center, Marks and Spencer's largest department store. Uh, there are seven story apartment buildings and condominium complexes all made out of hempcrete throughout Europe. So there are great examples of this material, this biocomposite being utilized effectively around the world and having really positive impacts on the health and well-being and sustainability of those projects. Now we can bring that here and we can start to do it at scale where we're not asking individual building inspectors to improve every single small project. We can say, hey, let's take this material that's been proven and has all these benefits 
and these co-benefits and let's start thinking about the integrating this at scale as we then work to create a hemp growing and processing industry in the United States. They have to go hand in hand. That's really, really cool. I mean, that's, uh, uh, that's been a ton of work and, and, uh, Hats off to all of you who have put so much time and energy and effort into that, because but for you doing it, you know, we wouldn't be here. And there was a window, right? We had to kind of get in this window where we were going to miss it for another year. Uh, for another so, three years. Oh, three. It's a three-year cycle. Oh, it's, gee, it was so okay. important to get in. Oh, all right. All right. Well, I'd rather be lucky than good. But even on this sense, we were good instead of being lucky. So that was <laughs> that was uh, that was even terrific about part of that. Hey, one one last thing that that tell us more about. We want to know more about Hempstone, okay, and about what it is that you do do, um, uh, and and your uh, uh, part of your 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 business there. But I'm also wondering specifically um, how you might see hempcrete used uh, in historic preservation of older buildings. Mm. Um, mm. You know, if I understand it right, and I may be totally wrong, but part of like buildings that are on the historic register, for example, um, part of it is about how you're keeping the envelope and the outside really, you know, intact, right? Mm -hmm. And and mm -hmm. and the windows and the door frames and you know the pitch of the roof and things like that. But but they also understand. Look, we got to have air conditioning and running water and stuff like that. That may not have been in this home. Okay. So there's a balance between, you know, modern convenience and otherwise. Um, did we was 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 back in the day when when hemp was really um, able to be used, uh, you know, way before anybody outlawed it? That did they use it very much in American um uh building materials like just up in your neck of the woods in colonial times or times after that very much? Did they use hempcrete that way? And I'm wondering if that would be a replacement when we're trying to do, um, uh, you know, going back because of the plaster and other things like that, right, that you might mm -hmm. be using if you were doing a, a, a restoration on a historic building. That's a mouthful. Okay. Sorry about that. So, That's yeah. okay. You, you asked me questions. I'll, 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 I'll hit them all. It'll be great. <laughs> So Hempstone is New England's one-stop shop, so to speak, for hempcrete construction. And it's supporting natural building materials, um, lime plaster, and, and other materials. And our focus really has been on consultation and construction. So we either manage the construction process with others, teaching them how to build with hempcrete and lime plaster and simply overseeing that. You know, it's better to teach someone how to fish than to fish for them. If needed, we also provide installation. We are happy to go around the country offering trainings, on-site trainings, and it's sort of my happy place. And there's nothing I like better than introducing new building materials to designers and builders. So we offer training. Um, we offer supply for those that need supply for hempcrete, especially if we're either consulting with them on their on their site or offering installation. And then, as you know, because um, this is such a new thing, we spend a lot of our time educating. 
about what hip sure. is. And that extends also to the first projects. So anytime you're working with a contractor and their trades partners, um, either electrical or plumbing, anything that's in an exterior wall assembly, certainly their framing crew, we are interfacing to help guide that process so that it's streamlined. And it's, you know, just like anything, when you're learning something new, uh, it's important to have good advice so you don't waste money and time. Sure. So we, we are super, uh, excited to be able to educate and uh, people on hempcrete and we are definitely riding on the backs of others who have come before us as i mentioned the uk has been uh, growing hemp and creating building with hempcrete for over 20 years and in france even longer there's an interesting story that you that I want to share with you about historic preservation and hempcrete, because the reason that we found hempcrete as a, as a society is because of historic preservation jobs. So what was happening in the wake of world war two was that Portland cement became very popular. It turned, it became the most dominant concrete in the planet pretty quickly following World War II, including having some work done on historic preservation buildings. And what they noticed after, in France in particular, they were noticing um, that the historic preservation buildings that had been re-plastered with Portland cement were popping off their plaster. And this was obviously shocking and a little bit concerning, but when they started investigating the wall assemblies, what they found was even more concerning. Mm. They learned that these timbers that had been in place for these buildings for six, 800 years were suddenly completely rotten. And what had happened is just like with any old building, you have people inside of it. You don't necessarily have insulation and the, and the wall of the moisture and the moist hot air transfers through the wall assembly to the outside. And if you have what's called a vapor open assembly, that's okay. The only thing that you're losing is heat, which is unfortunate, but it's not detrimental to the assembly. But once you start putting a material like Portland cement that is vapor closed, then you're trapping that moisture in the wall assembly. So what happened was these buildings that were six, 800 years old with these huge six inch or eight inch timbers no longer had any uh, viable structure to them. They had to be rebuilt. They had to have all their timbers um, replaced. So they learned that the Portland cement was not a good finish. So they started playing with hempcrete, um, versions of hempcrete. They had seen samples in old bridges. There's an old bridge in Japan. There's some old buildings from, I think, the 12 or 1400s that have, have some samples of hempcrete. And they found that they were able to create an insulative and walling mass that could have a a traditional plaster applied to it without damaging the building envelope or the building assembly. And it's been so wildly successful, hempcrete, that it is now one of the few proven materials in the National Historic Register in both UK and France. Wow. Okay. 
There was a third part to your question. I have to admit, I have, I forgot it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It probably wasn't that good. It's so dumb, but that, um, no, I think that's, that's super, super cool. I mean, to be able to do that because it's, it, it kind of gives, um, an opportunity for, for those folks who, you know, are getting historic tax credits, right? I mean, you know, I mean, uh, uh, building credits for things like that, things that might keep projects on the national register or even um, uh, uh, state registries and other things like that, that could, could really make a difference for keeping some of our national treasures that way. So that's, that's really kind of almost seems to me like maybe even kind of a subset market to kind of really focus on and talk to, right? A little bit on something like that, that might just be able to extra make our point in addition to what might be new construction uh, that would be coming on to be able to use for hempcrete. So that's really cool. It is really cool. And I would love to leave your audience with one piece of um, information. There, so this is this is for existing buildings, but also new buildings. I think the real potential with hemp and therefore hempcrete, because hemp is the clear winner, and the reason for this is that hempcrete is second only to straw bales in terms of carbon storing capacity for a building material. Mm. And there is a lot of hempcrete that goes in a building. A typical hempcrete wall assembly is a simple stud frame, either 16 inches or 24 inches on center. It can be a two by four or two by six, depending on what your loads are overall for your roof. But the wall assembly is typically 12 inches thick. So the hempcrete extends beyond the stud on either side or is on, uh, it's sandwiched. Uh, It sandwiches the stud frame. And that means that translates to a lot of hemp in a building. And that hemp grows, as you know, see exceptionally quickly, it stores a lot of carbon, and that carbon is then directly translated into storing capacity on that wall assembly. Because there's so much of it, you can actually turn the tide on the total carbon footprint of your building from negative to positive. And what this means as we start to consider the impacts of climate change and climate mitigation is dollars in the pockets of clients and contractors. Now it's not here yet, but it's starting. There is a province in Canada, a town in in Canada, not a province, a town in Canada that has created a carbon rebate for builders who are building with carbon storing materials. The contractors get cash in their pockets for building with these materials. Now, if when this kind of policy shift takes place more broadly, and that is starting to be seen now, the latest report from the IPCC, the UN report that was just released earlier this week says, we have to be thinking about how to change our infrastructure in the next three years so that we are no longer carbon emitting, so that we are transporting ourselves, so that our peak is in three years. And then we have to figure out how to um, 
be transporting ourselves and be building with carbon positive uh, systems. And hempcrete is ideally poised to be at the forefront of this initiative. And the federal dollars are about to come our way to support grants, to support research, and to support policy initiatives that are going to make it not only viable, but imperative for contractors and for clients to be thinking with these building materials. So for anyone who's interested in being forward thinking, being innovated, for thinking about how to redesign the built environment Hemp is a really good tool in your toolbox for making that happen. So terrific. And, you know, um, I knew when our, our mutual friend, Joy Beckerman, introduced us. It, um, uh, and in addition to a time that, that we had an advisory board meeting that Joy sits on our board for that, she said, you know what? plan on getting your mind blown whenever you talk to Jennifer Martin. And she didn't disappoint, and neither did you. Hey, uh, thank you so much for your time on this, Jennifer. This is really exciting time. You've obviously got a lot of background and understanding about the product. You've put time and energy and effort into that, and that's just fantastic. And, and tell us real quick, for those that want to get in touch with you, uh, would like to learn more about Hempstone and know more about what all you folks do, what's the best way for them to connect? We are online, www.hempstone.net or Instagram. We're also on Facebook. And once you get on our website, you can give us a call. Hot we are here for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to remind all our, our listeners that we're going to have field day uh, with in conjunction with Alcorn State University in the Mississippi Delta on on April 20th and 21st, where we're going to be planting. We're going to be showing folks how to actually put some seed in the ground, what that looks like. We're going to be talking about regenerative agriculture. We're going to be talking about sustainable development. We're going to be talking about what labs uh, that you focus on and industry overview to let folks understand how many opportunities there are with hemp. All that taking place in historic Mount Bio, Mississippi, as well as that, that evening in Cleveland, Mississippi. So the cost is only $25. Uh, we want to keep the cost down. You get a couple of meals with that, and you might even find your way over to a, a blues juke joint before the evening's over with. So that might all be fun. So we want to make sure that people can go back to our website at nationalhempcoop.us and learn a heck of a lot more about all of that. Jennifer Martin, thanks for making our day. And thanks for Nick, your time and all pleasure. your effort. Thank you, Nick. It's been a pleasure. This podcast produced and distributed by MWB Studios.